The show that takes you home. The Home Stretch with Sterling Holmes on ESPN Kansas City, 1510 AM, 94.5 FM, and the ESPN Kansas City Facebook page. Welcome to the Home Stretch, ESPN Kansas City, 1510 AM, 94.5 FM, 1510.com, and Facebook Live. Live in studio on a red Friday. Finally, the Chiefs play tomorrow. Briscoe live in studio with us. Dylan Michaels behind the glass. Uh, I'm glad, Briscoe, you are here early and are not ready when the show starts. I, I was ready. I wouldn't have it any other way. I was ready when the show started. I heard the intro music from my headphones, and I was listening to you without my, my ear cups on, but... Ear cups, ooh. Yeah, that's what... I like them. These, these yeah. Cans. I, uh, yeah, I try not to say that uh, <laughs> without some really important context. <laughs> Um, what you don't like cans? See, I just don't like I don't like saying the following sentences on the radio about you know a good place to put um, non perishable food items or your headphone cups or you know trash. How you doing? I'm doing great, Stu. How are you? I like this. I kind of like this fit you got today. Real relaxed Friday, casual Friday. Oh yeah. For you. See, I'm going real relaxed. I got yeah. this thing is gonna fall. I can just feel it. What are you talking about? Uh, this metal. Your mic stand. Mic stands. The word I believe I was looking for. Your, your mic arm. Oh or whatever. yeah. Old old Adidas shoes. Yeah. Just real old. Dingy. Some nice Columbia socks. Nice and thick. Oh, that's good for the weather. Love a thick sock. Um. T h i c c s o c c. Oh yeah, baby. Some nice red. They're salmon, but they're red. It's for the Chiefs, obviously. Oh, see, I was thinking, yeah. honestly, I'm not trying to be a dingus about it. I wasn't going to give you, like, Red Friday credit until you said that. But I think I think you, if it was St. Patrick's Day and and we were gauging, you know, the, the pinchability of the green you're wearing, that would be enough to, to keep you from getting pinched. Yeah, I'm, I'm not be getting pinched right now. So I'm, I'm rocking these reddish pants right now. Very comfortable. These cam reddish pants. That was pretty good. Thank you. A, a nice sheep ranch hoodie, which I got when I was golfing in Oregon. I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's golf. Play, okay, well, it looks, and dunes. Yeah, it's it very lo- comfy. It looks like a uh, like a. That's ah, a little bit too nice for like a real streetwear brand. Yeah, the texture of the like heathering, you know, like you know, like a heather gray. Yeah. But here the the stitching is vertical instead of horizontal, yeah, which it's is little, really little unique. It's a little unique, and I kind of like it. I tell you what, it's very comfortable. Great. I I, I'll tell comfy. you what, vibes are immaculate. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's too bad is the beer's not quite cold yet that you and I are about oh, to I pop open. Yeah. Second segment, we'll be, we'll be cracking open some beers. And oh, then, there's a, I had a freezer on that. I could go pop the pop, pop in the freezer. Dylan, you want one? I brought three. Well, yeah, hold on. You can't not off. Legally, I don't know that Dylan is allowed. Oh, actually, yeah, you can't have one, Dylan. I'm sorry. And I wish that was a bit. And if Sterling didn't make a big deal out of it, I would have definitely oh, just been you like, mean, hey, you should have one. You well, but. Here's the here's the rules as I understand it. Mm. The people on air could be oh, absolutely no, bleep faced, right? Yeah, we yeah, can just absolutely be hammering brewskis for six straight hours. Uh, when we did the Super Bowl post game show and the you Chiefs won, did hammer it for six we, straight hours. We definitely we started with champagne and then around four o'clock, I just almost fell asleep anyway. Not because we had drank so much; it was just one of the. I mean, it, we had done sure. like a million hours of live radio. But I think as long as the p- the person who pushes the buttons is sober, I think we're no, you're right. I that was just making sure that there's one. Well, can I bring it for you on Monday? 
Can I bring oh, you a six no. pack, dude? I'll what? bring you a six pack. He won't. Right. Well, hold on. I'll trade mine for. Right. I'll trade mine one for today for six on Monday. Well, there six Baltic porters on Monday. I kind of want to drink one with the show on, today. on the show with you, though. I'll, I'll bring in a six pack, and Dylan, you get four, you get two on Monday. I can live with that. The right. reason why is why can't he have one? I brought three, and I need one for this show. You only and brought one. three. I have two hands that I'm carrying. I thought, you, I thought you had more than that. No, I would. Brought, I should have brought a six pack. That's on me. You had Dylan, mine, Dylan, Dylan, I will bring a six pack in. The reason why I didn't do it is because I had to drink one now. Well, I don't have to drink one now, but I, well, you, I would enjoy drinking one now. It's Friday, and then one for our podcast happy hour we're doing. I'm supposed to be. Yeah, it's tough life. Are we putting our feet for, up? Yeah, today? I it's like a it. real casual Friday. I like it. We've talked so much Chiefs this week. It's a real casual Friday. Rolled as Chapman, huh? I, no, I don't want to. Get, you know what? No, I don't want to. We can. I just it was actually to. on the show sheet I had. That was one of You've the first. You've never had a show sheet? Believe me. You're like your Google document? Yeah. All right, that's fine. Yeah, believe you me. When it, when when you say show sheet now, well, I, I, imagine, print one off, I imagine no. someone in their early 40s printing it off every day. Um, it's hot in here, too. Is it? You want, me to, you want me to hit that slider over there? I got you. Yeah, I might, might pop. It could pop the top off, too. Uh, don't do that. You don't want to pop the top off? I want you to. Tarps off? I like calling it tarps off. Really lets you know what you're working with underneath. Really gives you a nice nice description that you your mind can go to. When you say tarps off, what do you think's underneath? Grass. I would say not a six-pack. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Tarp really implies a large fabric yeah. of clothing. Yeah, I would say you say tarps off. You know what's not going to be there? A Abs. dude who's in shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's sure. not going to be there for sure. So a when tarp I s- is one below a tent. Yeah, tent. Say as far as correct. Clothes. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Dylan, you're on. You're on the the right track, man. I'm a I'm a real sports guy. So when I think tarp, I do things like a baseball field. Sure. So I was thinking of even congrats that on being sports larger than a tent, right? Yeah, I'm just real. I'm just a big sports nut. Big sports guy. Just a big sports guy over here. You know what's great? Sports. Sports. Yeah. You know what's also great? The fact that we're very lucky what we do. Yeah. We are sitting here on a Friday talking about drinking beer in a second. Feet up, kick back. We're very comfortable. We're not in a suit. ESPN we're, Kansas City we, is spe- a special place. It's a special place. Yeah. We don't have a tie on. No, God. No, no, God. no. If we did, it'd be around our domes right now. If and, anyone and like, in a in a proper work environment said the phrase "around our domes," they'd be fired with cause. Oh, but see, we're golden, and not only that. What's awesome is we get to use the excuse. Yeah, almost any time we want. If you get asked to do something, sorry guys, can't swing it. I have to watch sports. Got to watch this game. Girlfriend's like, you want to go to Target? Sorry, babe. SEC Johnsonville sausage cornholes on. It's the semifinals. Yeah, two, they're two brothers going up against these two guys. I mean, that, what a story! Gotta watch. We're probably gonna leave with that on Monday. We're I gotta gonna... be here for that. <laughs> Just grab me a new jar of Clawson pickles. Fun fact: We talked with last night in bed. Clawson pickles are the we is you and your girlfriend. Correct. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Not you and me. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about Clawson pickles because we're big. Pickle- How'd that come up? Yeah. We're big pickle people. Why are you people. talking about pickles in bed, Sterling? Okay, we wanted a, a late night snack. I was drinking a nice glass of wine, reading a book, and Dylan hit the bumper. That's not. That's ideal. Great, great. That's what we want to see. Uh, we were talking about pickles because we wanted a show now. By the way, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. We wanted snacks, and so we had a jar of pickles in the fridge. So naturally, we go grab some pickles because we're, we're healthy, healthy bunch of us, you know. They weren't Clawson, and let me tell you, they weren't good. 
you try to cut corners with pickles, you're hurting yourself. You're the one that's really taking the fall here. That conversation, would you say you were just gherking off? I was saying, <laughs> Sterling was dancing on the line there, man. He was doing a very fine job, and Josh just, he's a uh, habitual, I had, as I had, Charlie Murphy once said, a habitual line stepper. <laughs> I had a couple different gherkin jokes. That's the, that's what those little tiny pickles are called. Yeah, you know, they the come in like, with the little uh, pickled onions in there and everything. But That was the best one. I, I, it would have. It was the kindest one to you. Oh. You just got a little gherkin energy. That's the issue. How dare you? Nah, you're you're you're. Uh... <laughs> you you better go ahead and drop it. Nah, I I don't I don't want to uh, to create an absolutely vlasic liner for you guys. <laughs> if this keeps going, there might be Clawson for concern. This is not the first pickle fight he's been in. Is that what you call it? <laughs> I'll tell you what, guys. I love ESPN <laughs> Kansas City. This is just a great show. This is going on the almost. You know what? I'll go ahead and I make a, uh, a good case. This is going on the almost entirely sports uh, podcast page. Oof, I don't know. Getting on there is kind of a big deal. Now I just want to see how no, much longer I'm done. we can carry this out here. Uh, uh, as in we, Josh, because Josh is carrying us right now. Yeah, we don't really have many cucumber jokes. I don't think. I was actually trying to oh. figure that out, and it was a little. It's a little bit too long of a word. Yeah, it's, it's not a super. It's not super plentiful. And is there like fifteen different words for cucumber? Like pickle? Like pickle has like what? Ten different. Yeah, I don't know. So yeah, I mean, ways to say pickle. There are definitely. I for me, just a straight up Vlasic or Clawson pun is kind of my bread and butter. I need to start capitalizing uh, more. You, when we, that went directly over Dylan's sure. dome right there. That's okay. That's right over right. his head. That's all right. They're not all for everybody. You know, you don't have to be all piss and vinegar over here. Mm. Should be a horrible way to make pickles. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. They're getting worse. Yeah, they're getting worse. I get it. I didn't think. I didn't look, I, guys. I didn't. Me I wasn't over. I wasn't across here, yeah. the hall <laughs> writing pickle jokes for today. I'm just. I'm just here doing what I can. In fairness, we've talked so much Chiefs football the past week. Yeah, it's been. And a lot. I have four more hours tonight. It's one of those situations where you just go, you know what? Let's just pickle around. That's nothing. That's nothing. You, Frankly, you know my favorite. You know what else is nothing? You know what my favorite part of a baseball game is? When a runner gets caught between bases. Yeah, that was. Mm. I was going to say, you know what's nothing? The che- or the Royals signing Aroldis Chapman. Nice. It's dude. nothing. Well done. Well said. That wasn't a, a pun about. It wasn't a pun at all. Cucumbers that have spent some time in vinegar and seasoning and spices and all. So I don't think that that's... Chapman's arm apparently has because it's no longer there. More like Chipman. I don't know. Yeah. I'll take his arm now if he wants to surgically put it on my body. I can probably do with ninety-five miles an hour. Boy, I, that's probably what he's at. I wonder if that would work. I, I don't. Not. I don't know a, if you doctor, just get the arm and all of a sudden you get to throw gas. I don't, I don't think. So. think. Yeah. I don't think. Let me see if I know any doctors, and we can. Yeah, we we could ask. Yeah. Surprisingly, none of us are doctors on this show. I know that's probably going to shock everyone listening right now, but no. Somehow, Dylan Briscoe and myself we're we're not doctors. I did forget. I'm now looking at my phone because I'm trying to remember some other uh, important pickle things, and there is actually a different name for a gherkin. It's called a cornichon. It's like the French word for a gherkin, which is like mm. a little. Uh, well, it's if. If you're just gherking off in France, basically, it's a cornichon now. It's got to be from the Champagne region of France. 
Naturally. Right. <laughs> okay. So I was going to talk Aroldis Chapman, but I guess you're just going to get these all out now. Do you have any more? I don't know if I want to. Here's the thing, man. Do you want to? Do you want to talk about Aroldis Chapman? I was about or, to say, no. what is more interesting, I, this I, I, or? I'm going to give him two minutes. Not even two minutes. There's going to be a quick thought of I don't understand what the Royals are doing because he's 35 years old. He's not a great clubhouse guy. He didn't yeah. even want to go on the uh, the yeah. playoff roster. He was like, I'm going back to Miami. Yeah, he's. We makes can, no sense. We can talk at, about him some as at, long as we keep it kosher. Yeah. At most, he returns a lottery ticket at the trade deadline, which is, I'm assuming, what the, the Royals are trying to do here. Yep. He does not fit the plan of youth. He brings nothing to the table because he's not a clubhouse dude. This is not even taking into account the off-the-field issues. This is strictly performance-based. His performance was bad. Mm-hmm. The only thing I will say is this is a different move than the previous GM, Dayton Moore, would have done. Probably, that's the, that's the only thing you could probably say here. I've got one really dark counterpoint to that that I will just uh, gloss over for the time being because I, I do have one, like, galaxy brain theory that I don't necessarily believe in but that I want to believe in, and I'm pitching this only after I make clear the fact that I'm with you. I don't really think this makes sense. I can't believe this is, like, the most... The biggest name addition they've made to their clubhouse in in new ownership or whatever. It's certainly going into this year under new GM, not new ownership, I guess, but under under the new GM and, and manager. It feels like a wild place to basically start, especially while you're doping around with Brady Singers over a, a pocket full of change and trying to get Zach Granke to take an incentive laden deal, and like he just seems like he kind of wants to be here and try to be a positive force on the franchise and the pitchers and you know something yeah. for fantasy, all of that. So anyway. All of those precursors, everything you laid out, is still legit. I wonder if there is any chance at all that this makes them more comfortable trading Scott Barlow this offseason. It's oh. it is a glimmer. Okay, I, there was like there have been a couple reports about what offers Chapman actually got or didn't get, or if he signed with the Royals because they told him he could be the closer or could at least compete for the. And a lot of that's been like reported and then counter-reported. So I legitimately don't know what the facts are at this point, but ultimately. And it, look, this could have been true with basically any other closer. This could have been clu- uh, true with somebody on their own roster. This could have been true with somebody else. But if the Royals are thinking, okay, we've got our oldest Chapman, and he's going to be our closer for the first half of the season. Mm. We're just going to ride it out and see what happens. We're trading Scott Barlow for a legitimate haul right now where he has some team control still, but he's also getting older. He will not be under team control and youthful when the, Chief, when the, when the Royals are contending next. So maybe, if they were to trade Barlow for a haul this offseason, run Chapman out there to close the first half of the year, and then trade him for whatever you can get in return, that would at least be the transactional element of it that would make sense to me. I still would not have made a role to Chapman, that guy. No. I would have picked a different stopgap to feel like you could trade Scott Barlow. And maybe Chapman's ceiling is a little higher in trade value, but Jason went through this on his own today. The guys you get back for half a year of a reclamation project reliever, very, very, very rarely make real impacts in return. So I don't love it. In its current state, I don't really get it. If this makes them a little more willing to move more of their valuable pieces in the interim and then they hope they can flip Chapman for something at the deadline, I would understand that sliver of it. Um, But I'm also not particularly thrilled that he's a Royal. Yeah. I don't think we need to talk more about it because none of us are going to be thrilled. It makes no sense. If this was 10 years ago and he was in his prime, we'd probably say, okay, let's 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 right. see what he has. Uh, when the Yankees had the falling out that they did with Aroldis Chapman, 
I don't think the the market was extremely hot for teams, yeah. especially playoff teams, yep. trying to bring in Araldis Chapman. Uh, let's take a break because when we come back, I want to drink our beer together because that's honestly the the fun part and why basically the only reason I think why you do the show with me on Fridays is for the beer. I didn't realize that this was a precedent, but now today it became one, and so that will become uh, well, the only reason I will stick around on a Friday. Well, it's not Wednesdays or Thursdays or Tuesdays or right, Mondays. Exactly. It's only on Fridays. Come on, we're not degenerates. We're just yeah, no, I've definitely never drank it. Three o'clock on a weekday other than Friday, for sure. That's never happened. I also want to talk some Chiefs as well as Bengals and who they ruled out. Offensive line starting to get a little scary for Joe Burrow. Home stretch here, ESPN, Kansas City. Condition are you in, Briscoe? Questionable. Questionable. I'm officially questionable. Well, you know who's not questionable and who's now out? Right guard and left tackle for the Cincinnati Bengals. You started saying that and I got so nervous. Like, what happened? <laughs> what happened? No, no, no. Hey, Trey Smith, hey, Adelino, oh my God. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, the Bengals are in a, a rough spot offensive uh, line-wise again. Yeah, Jonah Williams, who went out last week, Alex Kappa, and then Lyle Collins. Um, he's been out since week 16. Yikes. And you will get no sympathy from folks in Kansas City because I feel like folks in Kansas City got no sympathy when the offensive line was thrown out for the Super Bowl. Yep. It was always next man up. Yep. So what I'm telling Bengals fans, next Man up. Uh, but but full transparency, how big of a deal is this for Cincinnati? Because I have a couple of ways to take it. Um, I guess first my thought process is Joe Burrow gets the ball out quick. Yep. He has receivers who can beat man coverage or even just their guy off the line of scrimmage extremely fast. Yep. Joe Mixon is a good running back, so at least helps, I think, offset some of the, the offensive line issues. Sure. Same time, how much can you overcome when you're missing your three best offensive linemen? Yeah, I think it is a big deal, but not disqualifying. Kind of to the points you were making there were like, uh, I think this was mentioned on the Athletic Football Show, the only podcast I listen to anymore, I guess. I just reference it all the time. It's a good show. Uh, but I, I, one of the guys, Robert Mazur, Nate Tice, I think it was there, said that the the biggest uh, pass protector in this game for Cincinnati is going to be Joe Burrow. He is his own best pass protector at this point. And it's funny because last year they won the Super Bowl, with, or they got to the Super Bowl, excuse me, everybody. They got to the Super Bowl with an offensive line that was like historically cobbled together, just kind of a mess and not performing very well. The wild thing now, though, is that they actually had consistency in their lineup this year mm. across that offensive line. And now you've got this cobbled-together version that hasn't been playing together. It's worse and also not consistent, it, just in terms of like knowing what's going to happen with the guy next to you. So I think it's a really big deal because it gives them a very clear weakness to try to attack. You've got to be the right kind of team to actually do that. I don't know with the Bills without Von Miller how that will look. If it's the Chiefs uh, in Arrowhead against Cincy in the AFC Championship game, 
I think you just start matchup hunting with Chris Jones as soon as humanly possible and as much as humanly possible and rely on the other guys to win some of their matchups against the non-starters there as well. So I think I think it's a really big deal. But I also think that if Joe Burrow is the locked-in, fast-acting supercomputer that he occasionally is, pretty frequently is, honestly, uh, with all the weapons that he has, once the ball's in Jamar Chase's hands, it doesn't matter what happens before before that moment occurred. If, uh, if Joe Burrow's laying on his back, but Jamar Chase has a defensive back one-on-one in space with the ball in his hands, it's a 60-yard touchdown, regardless of how Burrow is feeling as Chase, you know, breaks free. So I think it could be the reason they're eliminated from the playoffs. It could be the number one with a bullet uh, line item. They also could overcome that and return to another Super Bowl, and it would not surprise me one bit. Pretty sure number one with a bullet is a song by Taking Back Sunday. It's a lyric and a Fall Out Boy song. Have you heard the new Fall Out Boy song, by the way? I haven't pulled the trigger on the uh, on the tweet yet, but I have a tweet drafted that just says, breaking news, the new Fall Out Boy song sounds like old Fall Out Boy. Oh, finally. They're back. Finally. You went back to Fueled by Ramen also. It's an aside. But. Mm. Yeah, that's what you get from Briscoe is is you get Fallout Boy and Chief Talk. You, yeah, I gave you really and, serious Bengals, Chiefs, and AFC analysis, and I wanted to know if you heard the new Fallout Boy song. I have not heard the new Fallout Boy song. I've I, I need to check it out. Though. Yeah, you should. Yeah. It's good. It was listening to Wolf Mother today. Remember Wolf Mother? I remember Wolf yeah, Mother. Yeah. That first album I think they had with Colossal, yeah. um, Woman, Dimension. Great. Other strong sounding one word song oh, yeah, yeah, titles. A lot, a lot of strong sounding Domination, one word. destruction, <laughs> wolf. Howl, <laughs> mother. No, mother is by Danzig. Uh, okay. But but Buffalo yeah. is fourth in DVOA defensively, which was a little shocking to me considering the loss of Von Miller. Mm-hmm. Tredavious White has not played the same all-pro level that we've seen him play since coming off of injury. The safeties have been injured a lot of this season, right? Yep. Micah Hyde, uh, Jordan Poyer. W- we obviously know the the defense is not as talented in my mind, or at least as healthy as they once were, what we expected going into this year. Matt Milano has been phenomenal at linebacker, so I'll give him a ton of credit. But were you shocked to find out that Buffalo's defense, for all of these issues that I feel like we've seen they're still ranked as the fourth-best defense in the NFL. Yeah, I'd be really curious to know what the splits are pre- and post-Von Miller. Obviously, they've been playing without him long enough that that hasn't completely tanked their numbers. So, yeah, it's it's a little bit surprising because of the fact that they've used they, they've been overcoming all of these injuries kind of throughout the season, specifically on the defensive side. Uh, but they're also like a well-rounded, excellent football team that has the capability, being well-coached, will do this for you, where the losses aren't quite as debilitating. And I think that's that's kind of the theme of at least the Bills and the Bengals that we just hit, right? It's like, hey, here are these losses. Here's what they have to overcome. Can they do it? The Bills have defensively. I think the Bengals will have a shot to with their offensive line. And um, I, it, it kind of depends on if they do, in fact, get healthier by, let's say, the AFC Championship game when the sure. Chiefs would play either of those teams. If they beat the Jags, not win, yeah. if. They beat the Jags. Yeah, I don't want to look too far ahead because I think I, I know that we in the media we can because we're not the ones playing right. on the field. But still, it, we it, can look ahead and not get our head knocked off sure. on Saturday. But it's still a little disingenuous to just sit here and say, "Yeah, the Chiefs are already moved on." No, they have sure, a definitely. tough battle ahead of them. Yeah, uh, I do want to point out just uh, some some more context here. DVOA is a good measure in my mind of defensive, offensive, as well as special team performance overall. Adjusted for the opponent, which a lot of stats won't do. And if you want to understand this a little more, 
the teams that are on this list defensively, top five, one is 49ers. I mm-hmm. think most can agree that 49ers have a very good defense. Yes. Second is Cowboys. They've done a great job. Obviously, Micah Parsons has got up the quarterback. Tredavious White's had an almost better year because he's not given up as many big plays, although the interceptions Diggs. obviously are. Diggs. Diggs. Sorry. Yep, Sorry. Uh, obviously not there. Uh, Patriots third. No, no qualms. Bills fourth, and then the Jets fifth. So if you want a good defensive number that looks at the entire picture, DVOA is the number I go to. And again, on offense, Chiefs one, Bills two, Eagles three, Bengals four, and then surprisingly the Lions five. Again, they got no there. qualms for me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that I do think that is a pretty good way of just kind of like fact-checking yourself on the stats that you're using. Sometimes numbers will show you things you don't expect. There will be outliers. Like in this case, it's the Bills. The Bills are higher on DVOA defensively than I would have guessed, but they're in the right company from what our eyes have shown us, what other analysts have told us with how the, the season has shook out. So yeah, DVOA I think is a um, a very, very rich statistic, mm-hmm. uh, which is very often not the case. And we'll obviously talk more about the Jaguars and Chiefs in just one second. But with the Bills and Bengals, I'm leaning with the Bills. I know the, the, the sexy upset pick is yeah. Cincinnati. I know there's a lot of talk about, well, the previous game that happened, and then Cincinnati feels slighted that this is not on a neutral site. I know Zach Taylor was a little upset about how everything transpired as far as the playoffs and the seeding and everything went. I understand that. Yeah. Same time, you can be uh, feeling slighted. I don't think that matters a ton when you're, when you're in the playoffs. Yes. You, the chip on the shoulder thing always drives me insane because it's like you're basically telling the other team they have nothing to play for. Right. They, they don't want it as much as you. No, Did you hear what Trevor Lawrence it. said about Arrowhead? I bet it, You know what? I didn't think Arrowhead was going to get loud, but now it might. It's going to be loud the whole time. Be loud, everybody. I, I do love one Thornhill, though, stoking think... the fire. Oh, I didn't see what Thornhill said. Thornhill I saw basically look... came out and, and said... It's a challenge. He wants to yeah, break sure. the 142.2 decibel. Uh, I, you know what? I did see that. So I enjoyed that. Uh, but again, with this, I have the Bills winning this game. I think the defense, looking at some of the more statistical numbers, they've not been as, I guess, middling as I thought they were. Yeah, sure. They're better than, I, than my eyes told me they were. And I think the offensive line for Cincinnati is a major issue, which we saw the previous week, once Jonah Williams went down, what happened? They struggled to move the ball. Yeah. I think that's almost the inverse of how it works with the backup quarterback. Like, they come in, and the defense doesn't know exactly what to expect from the backup so that you get a spark. I do think the line will look better in this game for the Bengals, just having, like, a week to practice together and kind of gel and everything and figure out what your best rotations are. But I I, uh, I think I got a, a couple nickels on the the Bengals getting points. I think it's five, five and a half in a lot of places. I, I took the Bengals with points. I think it's a close game. I, I That's where I'm at. It, but I also, I feel like the Bills are an incredibly weird vibe favorite, which kind of makes me think, I've kind of gone back and forth like three different times where I was really prepared to advocate for the Bengals as an upset team and kind of buying into that a little bit. The O-line injuries keep getting worse, and I still buy what the Bills are selling. So I, I like the, the Bills in a very close game where, where very few things would surprise me. It's really hard to pick against Joe Burrow dropping just po- like passes into the pocket of Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and um, the, the weapons that he has, but I think I'm going to let Sean McDermott do his thing. I think I'm going to let Josh Allen do his thing, and I like the I like the Bills by a narrow margin. I will say I thought the Bengals were the 
we're playing the best football heading into the playoffs. Yeah. I, I'm intrigued to see how it changes with the offensive line. Buffalo have had some question marks about, uh, especially they're, they're starting to turn into uh, the Adam Dunn, if you will. Like, if you want to use a baseball term here, the three true outcomes, it feels like it's either we're going for a, a bomb to Gabe Davis, yeah. a bomb to Stephon Diggs. We're not going to look over the middle. Josh Allen currently, I think, is playing football the way people – accuse Patrick Mahomes of playing football, but he ha- actually hasn't played that way in maybe ever and certainly ages where it, where it is kind of like, hey, we're just going home runs or strikeouts and some stuff. And also, and really not even just, the, not even just that strategically, but like the mistakes that Josh Allen makes, the, what, wait, what? How did you, why did you do that, Josh? Like <laughs> that, you can mark that one too if you want, Dylan, that'll be interesting later, I'm sure. Why did you do that, Josh? As uh, you're asking yourself, yeah. It's a nice uh, monologue. It really is. But, yeah, I, I do think, like, if you said, hey, one of these quarterbacks, here's, here's what I'll tell you. If you told me one of these quarterbacks will make a play that wins the game for his team and there's just a superhero moment of quarterback greatness, I'll take Josh Allen. If you say one of these quarterbacks is going to have a game-losing moment of incompetence where something wild happens and they have a total mental breakdown and the ball just falls into the hands of a defender— I will also take Josh Allen for that role. <laughs> I would so, take him for Brock Purdy or Dak Prescott even. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Josh Allen has the highest variance. Josh Allen and, and Trevor Lawrence probably have the, the highest variance amongst uh, quarterbacks in this round of like, oh, just weird bleep could happen. Yeah. Let's get into the Jags-Chiefs game because that's obviously what we are here to talk about. The, the matchup I'm looking forward to most and the reason why I brought up DVOA, the Jaguars' defense against the pass is ranked 30th, Right. Bottom three in the NFL against the pass. The Chiefs, obviously, not only overall offense is first, but passing is first by a fairly wide margin. Do you expect Kansas City to just throw and throw and throw, which I know that's what Andy Reid enjoys doing, Mm -hmm. but do you think that's even more so in this game? Less Isaiah Pacheco, and we'll be screaming on Twitter saying, just take the (laughs) yards as Jacksonville drops eight down. What are you expecting here? I I kind of hope slash expect that the Chiefs are going to do the thing that the Jags don't want them to do, whatever that ends up being. Over the course of this season for the Jags, it's been throwing the ball. Even more specifically, they, by a couple different metrics, have been the worst team in football defending the tight end or on passes to tight ends. The Chiefs have one uh, future Hall of Famer and then also like uh, a white horse on a sandy beach and Noah Gray and a belldozer. All of those guys, you run out in some heavy personnel, and you can just thump the ball there if the, if the Jags try to counter heavy, or you can start throwing the ball to the tight ends, which has been eating the Jags all year. So I fully expect the Chiefs to throw the ball plenty. I think Pacheco should be in a position where he is allowed to largely close the game. If the Chiefs do have the lead with the ball back in the fourth quarter somewhere, and you think, let's just go ahead and try to speed this thing up a little bit, and, and I don't want to say milk the clock, because I don't want you to yeah. be playing football for the sake of that. But if you can get six yards at a time late in the game where you have the lead, I'd rather hand it off and make sure you keep the clock moving than have a chance that the ball's dropped and all of a sudden the, the clock's up too. So I I think the Chiefs will largely be able to take what they want in the passing game. Um, I think that, that should run through Travis Kelsey, but I wonder if the Jags are going to try to try to zig when they're zag they're expected to zag. And what if they sell out and they just do the, the Patriot thing of telling one of their defensive backs to just take their helmet off and hold it in their hand and just use that to beat Travis Kelsey over the course of his entire route, dare the refs to call it every play. They eventually will stop or they won't do it at all. And then the Chiefs have to go to 
their off-speed pitch, whatever that is. If that happens, I still think the way the offense works, as long as the ball's coming out of the hands of Patrick Mahomes, that's Juju, that's MVS, that's Justin Watson, that's Kadarius Tony, Or it's running the ball because they're going light enough to try to put somebody on all of those uh, all of those various weapons that they have in the passing game. So I think the Chiefs are too multiple for the Jags' defense. I think they should be able to do, again, kind of the off-speed, unexpected thing from what the Jags are, are showing the look for. I imagine they will start by throwing the ball a lot. I imagine they will throw the ball a lot all the time. That's a good thing because your quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but I would like to see them be pretty pretty varied in their approach. How much play do you think Kadarius Tony gets in this one? Kadarius Tony obviously has had some some injuries. His hamstrings are are floss. Right, it, it's not ideal. I we need to have more investment in the security of hamstrings. This in is Kansas what I'm City. saying: is that Clark Hunt needs to put like a quarter million, a quarter billion dollars, like two hundred fifty million. Just into some sort of hamstring research. Yeah, if, you, if you, John Sherman really wants to win over Kansas City, yeah. don't build a new stadium. Build hamstring research center for Kadarius for Tony. Kadarius Tony. In particular. Yeah. yeah, frankly, Sammy Watkins would have done well with this You're too. Right. Clark Hunt, cheap. I've, that's, that's, <laughs> that's my new take. Poor. Didn't he give like half a billion dollars to Patrick? He didn't spend it on hamstrings. So, do you think Kadarius Tony plays a lot? And I, my main thought process here is, we'll also see him a good amount running. The ball. Mm-hmm. There's no next week guaranteed anymore. Mm-hmm. There's no, hey, let's save Kadarius Tony. Do you think we'll start seeing him as a Debo Samuel light? He's not the size of Diet Debo. Debo. Diet Debo. Diet Debo is pretty good. Okay. I'm going to give you a precursor to this. I generally speaking try to be pretty level headed. I try to look at all sides of a give and take, I try to make sure that I come by it honestly. Wait, are we talking the same person? Yeah, you? I know. I know. I know. It's shocking. But it's true. I'm admitting this now for the first time ever. I generally try to be reasonable. <laughs> However, in my search for reason, I have found my own inability to lessen my expectations of Kadarius Tony and the Chiefs offense. I can't do it. I'm so excited. I want to see him have the ball in his hands 40 times a game. I will settle for 14 I might settle for five or six. (laughs) But where I'm at now is, uh, and I've seen, like, reasonable people say things like, yeah, I think Kadarius Tony's ideal role of the Chiefs is going to be, like, the greatest gadget player ever seen. And where it it is these bit roles. And especially in the playoffs, he still just got here an hour and a half ago. Sky Moore's not running routes for this team very often. I meant some of the Justin Watson snaps. Well, so and I don't know that they're going to put him in Justin Watson's role because part of that is knowing where to be, being able to block on the outside, and, and all of that. And by the way, just, sorry, quick, quick sure. side note. If you've noticed uh, if the snap counts, the, the drop-off of MVS was actually direct correlation to Justin Watson getting more snaps. It yep. wasn't less. You didn't see Sky Moore. You didn't see this. Right. The, you didn't see more Kadarius Tony. It was a Justin Watson almost exclusively for MVS. Yep. That's what I took away from the snap count, but go ahead. And I just want to believe so badly in what I think I do believe, which is that if Kadarius Tony is healthy, his career will take him from New York to Kansas City to Canton, Ohio. Because that dude on the field just looks different. You see him move. You see him move out there with the ball in his hands or just getting open to get the ball in his hands. It's different. He moves like a video game character with the boosts on. I believe in Kadarius Tony. 
I just had a snap in the background, just kind of give you some some I nice, felt, I felt some, some vibes. I love it. Some vibes going. Just give me some, like a poetry slam. That's what I was trying to do. So I, some I more poetry that. slam. I can rhyme the next one if you want. If you want me to try to rhyme some analysis, but yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I I'm guessing Kadarius Tony genuinely in this game will probably get a good handful of touches, and I bet he'll be impactful when he does. I just his skill set is absolutely electric to me. The one aspect of this game I'm nervous about, and I'm not nervous. I don't know. I don't want to say it like I'm nonchalantly saying the Jaguars can't beat Kansas City. They clearly can, right? We've more seen, importantly, the Chiefs can beat the Chiefs, a hundred percent. But there's no real aspect as far as on the field where you're saying the Jags have the advantage over Kansas City. Almost every single matchup you look at, it's, well, the Chiefs have the edge here. The Chiefs have the edge here. The Chiefs have the edge here. I've talked to Jags fans. Almost all of them say the same thing. Unless it's a Chiefs collapse, the Jags don't really excel at one specific thing over Kansas City. Well, that leads me to believe Doug Peterson is going to be very aggressive. He's not going to necessarily try to... Stop the Chiefs' offense. It's going to be, how can we outscore the Chiefs' offense? They're going to focus more, I think, offensively than thinking of, well, what about field position? If it's fourth and two, fourth and three on their own 40, expect them to go for it. They had an onside kick in the first game. First play of the game. I think the Jags are going to be extremely aggressive. I said it once. I'll say it again. Peterson doesn't have stones. Dude has boulders. I mean, we saw him with the Eagles. We saw him with the Jags. They're not, even if they lose by 50, the Jaguars would say they've had, they've had a successful season. Yep. The Chiefs, on the other hand, if they lose this game, this would constitute a, I don't want to say disaster season, but a failure. complete failure. Yeah, absolutely. That allows one team to play extremely loose while one team might be coming out tight. Yep. That's my one concern. Is that your concern as well? I'm not that concerned about specifically the Chiefs coming out tight because I think at this point they've got to be able to treat this as a game that is like the 18th regular season game almost. Like that it's a game that you need to win to keep your season going, but they've been here before, at least a large number of them. A lot of the pass catchers haven't been here before with the Chiefs, but sure. you know, Juju and MVS have played in playoff games and overall this this offensive line's basically this is the same as it was last year, the quarterback, the coach and all of those things. I do think the Jags going for like the chaos play yeah. helps their chances. If your chaos plays backfire, your your win probability tanks. But if you think your win probability in a normal game is relatively low, and I'm not saying like you're tracking the numbers on this, just you know, metaphorically speaking. If you think your shot winning a game is relatively low, if you guys just both play equally well, then you've got to do something different to shake it. Even if you think, hey, if we play our A plus perfect game but nothing weird happens. What do the Chiefs need to do? They still need to shoot themselves in the foot for the Jags to win this game, I think. Yeah. They could play really good football, and it would still be, I would, I'm pretty confident I could still fire up that mic tomorrow and say, okay, well, the, Chief, the, the Jags capitalized on every one of the Chiefs' mistakes, but let's talk about the Chiefs' mistakes. That, I think, is ultimately why the Jags have to do Dougie P getting Dougie fresh, <laughs> letting the hair breathe through that visor, and doing some weird bleep. I think that has to be a part of the recipe for them. Bill Walsh always said, if you're going to do a trick play, do it early because it just plants the seed of mm, chaos yeah. for the rest of the game. And I guarantee on the first or second series, there'll be a trick play from the Jags. Yeah. And the Chiefs. Good, good call. they both are part of that tree from Holmgren. Yeah, sure. I love so. that. I will say Andy. Andy's historian over a- here. Andy, yeah, I love Dylan's just, just – 
background. How old are you, by the way, Dylan? Are you the youngest one? 79. Of us? Uh, 27, about to be 28. He, he's the youngest of us. Wow. Wait, so I'm 29. Tw- I no, just I'm turned, 28. I just turned How 28. How old am I? How old are you, dude? Figure this out. I'm 28. I'm 28. I just turned 28. We are the same age for like three months, I think we figured out, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. No, but we are the oldest young people. Well, me and Dylan are the oldest young people you've ever met, and you might be the youngest old person I've ever met. I can live with that. that no, not, not a bad way. I'm no, not, I'm good with that. But, no, no, but I'm, like, I'm accepting that. The video games. Um, I don't the... think Dylan Dylan doesn't read old until the moment he's like, you know what Bill Walsh always used to say. And it's like, whoa, Frank Bull? <laughs> Did Frank Bull's spirit just inhabit Dylan's body? <laughs> You know, I, what, you know what Bill Walsh said? Scum. It's like, hey, hey. <laughs> As I'm drinking uh, red wine and old fashioned whilst reading a book about World War II. Exactly. And I'm just sitting I'm there like, just, oh, yeah, I remember World War II back in my day. I'm just shotgunning uh, Baja Blast Seltzers, <laughs> ripping my shirt off and playing Pokemon. Uh, I do want to talk about Joe Cullen. Just yeah, in, in a serious note here. Because I don't think he's gotten enough credit for the transformation of the defensive line. We went into this year saying the defensive line is probably still the weakest aspect of this Chiefs team overall. Some folks probably said corner, at least with the unknowns in the youth. But I think a lot of folks still said, even with the first-round draft capital, the draft pick of George Karloftis, this is not a great unit. It was my biggest concern at the very least. Sure. Chris Jones has looked like DPOI. Yep. I think he's probably going to get top three. Bose is going to realistically get it. But I think Chris Jones, his name is at least. Is Bose the favorite over Parsons at this point? Do you know? I, I would probably know. say. Okay, I don't know. Personally. Um, George Karloffis has come on as a rookie at the time when you expect rookies to take that next step. About the halfway mark, we saw with Aiden Hutchinson. We saw it with uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. Yep. We've seen it around with other rookies at that position. Carlos Dunlap, we thought, was probably done when that signing happened ago. Fine. Fine, but he's made an actual impact. Yep. Frank Clark's had his best year, maybe ever, in Kansas City. His best regular season, His perhaps. best regular yeah. season, perhaps. Uh, Colin Saunders finally has come on. Yep. Turk Wharton was coming on before injury. The only guy you could maybe make the case for is not taking that step is Derek Nottie. Yeah, his, his season's been strange. Been strange. But overall, what Joe Cullen has done has turned a mismatched group with one superstar yep. into, I don't want to say an elite group, because that's unfair to say, mm-hmm. but a team that is, I believe, second in sacks. If you, you look at yeah, some second. websites, they're second. Some says fourth, so I don't know the, the difference there, so I'm going to say second. I wonder it, if, if anybody jumped them in the playoff games or anything. They were second at the end of the regular season. The Eagles are first by a country mile, yeah, by and the Chiefs are narrowly in second. Above also, they might, they the may Cowboys. Have been, they may have been tied for second at some point, sure. which maybe that throws you off. But yeah. Either way, it doesn't second, matter. Second in sacks. Second in sacks. I would have been floored by that if you had told me that in the preseason. Yeah. Floored. So how much credit should we give Joe Cullen? How much of this was on uh, on daily? How much of this is just the players themselves and Brett Veach getting the right guys in here? Who deserves the majority of the credit here, or at least s- some love? Chris Jones deserves the most love and credit and praise and contract and all of those things. <laughs> Second might be Joe Cullen, though. Um, and it's partially like uh, Chris Jones has talked about this too, and I'm not, you know, I'm not actually a psychologist, but sometimes listening to coaches, listening to players talk about their coaches and the impact they have in different ways, you, you just have to kind of try to read between the lines in addition to what they're actually saying. And Chris Jones talking about like how he and Joe Coleman kind of see the game the same way and see pass rushing the same way. Um, it just seems like they're they're aligned, uh, which is 
beautiful. I don't I don't like blame Brendan Daly last year for, you know, the Chris Jones edge experiment and all those things. Joe Cullen has more to work with this year than than anybody did on this team last Correct, year, yes. right? There is actually an improvement in talent. Main, main, mainly just because of George Karloftis. Sure. Like, you can make Carlos Dunlap replace Melvin Ingram, Frank Clark is Frank Clark, all of that. The other thing, Colin Saunders has been healthy. Yeah, Frank Clark has been largely healthy, largely available. He's had his misses and obviously got suspended and things like that. But, but Frank Clark has been pretty healthy, and I do think it helps to just let him feel like a bit player, which is, this is totally outside of anything that anyone at One Arrowhead Drive could control. But drafting George Karloftis, I think, just mentally has allowed a lot of people to expect less of Frank Clark. Sure. And he has achieved that. And yeah. his contract has lessened because they negotiated it down. It's still expensive. But they brought his contract number down. I think that lessens some of the heat on him. And so I'm, I'm, I'm including myself in this. I think a lot of people are able to look at Frank Clark and see him for what he actually is now and appreciate that. A, a, ro- really a rotational defensive end. He could be your number two starter. He'd be great as your number three guy. You know he's going to hold the edge. Yeah. And eventually, every once in a while, he's going to get to the quarterback. And he can play off of Chris Jones, and especially if you're getting production elsewhere. Colin Saunders, just been healthy. Yeah. Healthy. Uh, last year of his rookie contract, I believe, so year four for him, I think. Um, don't quote me on that. But you're getting an, a developed and healthy Colin Saunders. You're, you are seeing such growth from George Karloftis, which makes sense. The student's playing water polo an hour and a half ago, and then he got the best coaching that Purdue could offer, but that's different than being on an NFL team in a regular season of NFL play. Like, his growth has been great. Mike Dana, we talked about him last week. Uh, for, I always forget about Mike Dana. He was actually what we talked about last week. X-Factor. The most unsung, underrated guy That's on right. Kansas City. That's what City. it was. That's yeah. what it was. I think Seth Kaiser's story included him as an X factor uh, in the playoff run because he can do different things, and he does it all pretty well, and that's valuable. Oh, my God. Time out. Let's, let's get the Royals and Chiefs combo on the NASCAR Uh-oh. package. Yes. The Chiefs need a shirt where Gerard Dyson's doing the rev up. Okay. But we need it with the Chiefs defensive line doing the rev up after a second. It's the NASCAR package. Got it's the, it, got it, the got it, got speed. it. That's what or, speed do. Or that's what speed do. Yeah, I like that. Maybe it's Mike Dana doing the vroom vroom, that's what speed do. I, you know what? I would buy that shirt because you know why? You're Trey Mike Dana Smith, guy. the right guard, has a shirt. Yeah. Give Mike Dana a shirt. Mike Dana deserves a shirt. Charlie Hustle. Get on it. Come on now. I'll make one myself. So you get some paint pens, draw it up. <laughs> so I love, I love the growth of the, the Chiefs' defensive line. Brought. It's really made me happy. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the home stretch, ESPN Kansas City. Briscoe still with us, this or that, as we crush beer. Yeah, can we talk about this now that we're in the uh, home stretch only portion of the yeah, show? Yeah, the home stretch only portion. Yeah, that won't play tonight on uh, on eight ten. Now, no, no, don't don't even think it will. If you love that segment, now wait until late tonight <laughs> on eight ten. You missed any of it? Uh, yeah, we're bringing the Baltic Porter from Casey Beer Co. I love this beer. It's really good. It's like chocolatey, and I think I'm quoting the label now. But I good, said I like velvety. It. I think is what I because it's it's. You an, did. Does it say velvety on there? Dark, complex, uh-huh. luxurious malt flavors of molasses, chocolate, and coffee. Smooth, it, l- mellow lager finish. I really like it. It's a nice dark beer. If you like dark lagers, I think it's fantastic. I don't necessarily—I never would order a dark lager, and this is really good. To me, it tastes like a dessert beer. Like, if I'm getting an after-dinner um, digestif— <laughs> This guy. What? 
Come on, read a book. Uh, let's play some news with that since that's what we're here for. Is Waffle House a diner? Yes, I do think it is a diner. We had a 20-minute conversation about it on The Zone today where I ended up having to play the other side a little bit, but I think it's a diner. That was correct. Diner but, chain. It's a yeah, super yeah, diner. Correct, though. Yes, it is a diner. So good job on the correct answer. Thank you, man. Uh, Waffle House or IHOP? I don't think I've ever been to a Waffle House in my shameful admission of the day. It's got a lot of stuff I would like. I just don't think I was ever near one growing up or whatever. I'm not a big fan of IHOP, so I'll take Waffle House. Food in a fight, baby. Can't get it anywhere I know. else. Uh, Let's go. Do, do you trust Butker in the playoffs? Not fully, but like more than I don't, I guess. I trust him like 75%. I don't necessarily trust the whole operation. Do you think the fact that Kansas City has this ill faith in Butker comes from the fact that they've had such great kickers and special team units for so long. I don't want to give you all the numbers, but Dave Tobe, this is only his second year outside of the top ten in DVOA. Yeah. Only his third year, not top five in DVOA. It's part of this that Chiefs fans are slightly spoiled with the talent we've seen and the consistency at kicker. It's a little bit of that and also a little bit of the fact that it's not been great this year. The holding, Butker's injury, him coming back from that, it's just been sort of a traumatizing year from a kicking perspective. More yards from scrimmage this, uh, against the Jags. Pacheco or McKinnon? Ooh. That includes rushing and receiving. I think Pacheco, but I love that Jared McKinnon receiving order uh, over. I'm ordering the over. What What's the uh, over under? You know, uh, thirty two and a half. I think. Oh, rip the over. I know. Do the Chiefs cover the eight and a half? Um, in a game like this or that, I would say yes, but that is not a bet I'm placing. Over under fifty three. Under. Narrowly, I think my official score prediction was thirty one twenty. So that's fifty two. Twenty seven twenty two. That's fifty one. Twenty seven twenty two, baby. Forty nine uh, points. I have a twenty two. Yeah, Doug Peterson goes for two. I said yeah, it yeah. would be a weird number. I, yeah. <laughs> Does Spags actually need more love? Yeah, yeah. Huff my shorts, everybody. Yeah, he does. Spags forever. Spags life. I'm getting that tattooed over my <laughs> belly button. Okay, what's a worse tattoo? Anyone that gets a neck tat or the one that's over the belly when they, but it's not like an in shape belly. Yeah. Well, even in shape people like Adam Levine has one of those. Rule and I'm sitting here life. going. Can't get a neck tat unless you have five million in the bank. That's I feel just, like that's that's just a rule of thumb. I feel like that's a reasonable rule. Yadi Molina definitely has five million in the bank. I would definitely. I have no problem with an over belly button tattoo. I think neck will probably be a late game addition for me if it happens. Uh, take a punch from current Mike Tyson or Tyson Fury. I guess current Mike Tyson, but like I don't love it. Yeah. That's a that's a real catch twenty two. Yeah, but, both suck, huh? But yeah, both would be pretty bad. Uh, Dylan, which one are you taking? Glove on? Yeah, you get answer. a glove on. Yeah, he's busy. I guess. I think it'd be more fun to say I got punched by Mike Tyson. Yeah, I think so too. Rather go to the Grand Canyon or Mount Rushmore? I've been to the Grand Canyon, not Mount Rushmore. Grand Canyon was like breathtaking. I've heard Mount Rushmore is a little underwhelming. Um, I'd go back to the Grand Canyon. Did you know that there was a big ass hairy spider here yesterday? And I'm pretty sure I got it. Like I'm a only big pretty hairy ass. ass spider. Yeah, like the the, the ass of the spider was hairy. I didn't know that. Yeah, I know. It was, it was terrifying. So I'm sorry I went, you had to go through but that. But it might be there. It's kind of by where you're sitting. That's just, fine. Just want to give you a heads up. Do much for me. Uh, who I'm, makes I'm it to cool. the Super Bowl from the NFC? The God, am I going to say it? I'm going to say the Niners. Who makes it from the AFC? I'm going to say the Chiefs. Who wins the Super Bowl? I'm going to say the Chiefs. Why does my back hurt? Because you're old. <laughs> Briscoe here on a home stretch ESPN Kansas City. Until Monday, we are out. waiting for me to be my